S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We're going to talk about everything DCU, DCEU, the DC universe, the film universe. James Gunn today, if you if you don't follow James Gunn on social media, he's got one of the best social medias on Twitter and on Instagram. James Gunn dropped about a five and a half minute video explaining the next basically eight to ten years of what they plan to do with their movie slate. And we're going to dedicate the podcast completely to that. We're dropping the podcast a day early. So if you guys saw that five minute video, if you go check it out right now, you can come back, check out the podcast. I'm going to break down every single thing that he explained. We're going to take our time. We're going to touch on Shazam, Flash, Aquaman, you know, who stays and who goes. We're going to talk about new films like Blue Beetle, a new TV show called Creature Commandos. We're going to talk about what he said so far about Superman. There's some key words, some very specific things that he mentioned that I'm going to highlight that need to be really emphasized on. He had a Lanterns TV show, a bunch of other stuff he talked about. If you guys haven't seen it, go ahead and pause the podcast. Check out James Gunn's Instagram see the video or if not we'll just get right into it sammy's gonna break it all down for you and there's a lot of key things here that he mentioned in that video that are extremely important that we're gonna highlight it's gonna be a great podcast i hope you guys enjoy so the new dc Cinematic Universe. This is really amazing, and I'm going to say it right now. I'm a Marvel fanboy. I talk about the Marvel you know, movies a lot because they are the best thing in entertainment. I'm, that, that's just hands down. With you know, People sometimes question their current phase or whatever. I never fret about stuff like that because they have a long plan. They have so many pieces on the chessboard at this point. They can do so many things. And you think about some of the stuff that they're doing. They're the first people to go into TV and also have shows. They're the first people to have the animated show matter, which is something that DC is going to copy. And this is really important because I have to really applaud James Gunn. I was still sitting there waiting, wondering. I wasn't just sold into the idea of him. And I think Peter Safran, I, I wanted to get his name right before the podcast and I didn't do it. But I mean, <laughs> those guys, I wasn't sure just because they got hired if they were going to take over DC and it was all going to be great. We've kind of seen some changes at DC before. We've heard other things. Wasn't sure. And it might seem like, you know, James Gunn from Marvel, you know, plus DC equals Marvel's version of DC. And that's kind of what we're going to get. Yeah. So what <laughs> wasn't 100% guaranteed that's what's going to happen. And there's some key differences. He's mentioned some very specific words he used. They show some very different things that DC is going to do. And we're going to talk about all that. But the first thing is going to be Shazam, Flash, and Aquaman. They're the last ones remaining. They've kind of confirmed Ben Affleck will not be returning as Batman. But he will be a director in one of the future films. That is something they're talking about. So here's Ben Affleck, the guy. The man is going to be a director. He's not going to be Batman moving forward. That's I think that's a good thing for Ben. I don't think Ben wanted to be Batman. I think people wanted a new Batman. And it sounds like we're getting a new Superman, which is 100% confirmed. And I'm pretty sure we're getting a new Batman, right? It, it was also basically... I'm just, I'm just double-checking in my mind. Because Robert Patterson's Batman. Matt Reeves is Batman. That's, they're going to be titled DC Elseworlds. They're going to be clearly labeled as DC Elseworlds. And that's because that DC's Batman with Matt Reeves and Robert Patterson and Joker made about a billion dollars each, right? So they're, they're not going to cancel those yet. They're too successful. They're very well-received films. And they kind of were already in their own universes anyway. 
I don't know how long they're going to keep going. I know they're going to do a Joker 2. Um, I mean, part of me wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a Joker 3. Part of me wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a third Batman or Art Patterson. If they really just want to go ahead and get into their own space. Um, but maybe not. Maybe if the world is, is as happy with Batman being that. And Brave and the Bold is a title it sounds like they're using for um, Batman's show. So I think, or Batman's movie. So I think that maybe they're going to say, okay, Brave and the Bold is not going to be called Batman. Hopefully it's not called Batman, Brave and the Bold. Maybe they're going to have Batman and Brave and the Bold. And they understand that audiences are smart enough to know what the difference is. So that might be what they're doing. Marvel has done similar things. So they might just go ahead and go that route with it. But with Shazam, I thought Shazam was a very solid film. And he's been so disconnected from the old DC stuff that he hasn't done anything that really interferes with, with any of the other stuff. I think they should keep Shazam. And it sounds like they're keeping Shazam. It was a little iffy about it. I think they might have clearly said he was leaving if he was going to leave at this point. So I'm saying the Shazam staying um, because he said the Flash is going to reset the DC universe and it pretty much helped them kick off the next part, right? So Aquaman comes out this year. That's 2023. And that's it. Nothing new is going to happen this year. And I predicted this. Day. I didn't think this was really going to really matter until about another year or two. I was going to be really surprised if they got a Superman out next year. But they did confirm Superman doesn't come out to 2025. So that's going to be another two and a half years. It's July 2025, basically, before we get a Superman movie. That's a long time in life to really be waiting for one movie to come out, right? Um, but that's, how, that's, that's what it is. It's a brand new start. They're going to need that time to do a lot of stuff and to do it right. So in the meantime, there's these other smaller projects we could be excited about. I believe Blue Beetle is going to come out before then. Um, would you get other movies that I don't think really plan to be in this new DCU, but they're going to try to use the Flash to set up everything, you know, getting all mixed up or whatever, and then coming out, you know, in two years, two and a half years with Superman Legacy, which is going to be their, their first real film into the next DCU. I think that's good. I don't have a problem with the Flash. I know people have been talking a lot about his off-screen antics and things he's been getting into, so it looks like DC is going to try to keep him in the mix. And I and it makes sense because he's such an important character. The Flashpoint movie, the idea that he can run through time, it really gives them the perfect segue into whatever new thing they want to do. So for them to lose that him and, and that actor, it really just makes it a pain. I could see them possibly introducing other Flashes in the film. Maybe there is a new Flash that gets introduced in the film. But they don't want people to think, oh, I don't want to go see, you know, Edris Miller's Flash because he's not the Flash anymore officially. Maybe they're doing that, but I. either way, it doesn't really matter that much. You don't have to have the Flash in everything, and I'm sure whatever off-screen issues he's having, if they're coming to him and they're doing that whole Marvel thing, sitting him down, giving him the money, quieting him up, hopefully he can hold it together and move forward. You know, we had this situation with Letitia Wright in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. People were kind of worried about some of the things she was saying online politically, and wondering how that would affect her role in Black Panther, um, you know, if they were going to give her the, the mantle of Black Panther. Um, a lot of these things got brought into question because of some of that social media stuff. And as you see at the end of the day, Marvel gave her the, the mantle of Black Panther and they're moving forward with it. So it's not like every single time someone does something on social media, we have to get rid of them or they have some kind of problem. Um, you know, you can, you can work with this. You know, people aren't disposable. And these actors obviously got these jobs because they were good at what they were doing. So... Moving forward, it's just a matter of 
you know, bringing these characters and showing these characters in the DC universe the way they want to. Thor is another example of a Marvel character who's changed a lot from film to film. He's changed a lot based on which director is directing him. So you can have Flash. If people say, I don't like Flash being like this, he can show up and be very different in the next film. It's just the writing that matters. It's just the way they tell the story. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Aquaman was a big success. Um, it seemed like there might even be some rumors about Jason Momoa playing Lobo. I could definitely see him doing that maybe in a TV series. They mentioned The Lanterns, um, which is going to be a TV series based on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, which I think is really smart. I think everyone wanted to see Jon Stewart. I think people are really sick and tired of Hal Jordan. But having Jon Stewart there with Hal Jordan, I think, can get Hal Jordan over. I think if they have a new Hal Jordan and they tell that story with a Jon Stewart character there, I think it'll create a more balanced situation. And it sounds like the way they're going to approach the Lanterns, they, they mentioned, this is a Marvel thing, James Gunn mentioned it's going to be like the TV show True Crimes. So already they're being open and honest with you that they have a, a blueprint already in place. They're just copying a successful formula, and they're going to in, insert Green Lanterns into it. And with that, being like a police you know, um, space force, basically, there's so many other things they could tease, so many other Lanterns that could show up. And, um, and that, that just creates a lot of, you know, chess pieces on the board for them. They could do so much with that moving forward into their stuff. It, it gives them wiggle room, which is great. Another thing I want to mention, uh, before we move too further on into what he was talking about, some of the main core things, is he said DC wants to be united across film, television, and gaming. That's a very, very important key, Gaming. This is something Marvel does not do. Marvel has a lot of successful games out right now, which they've, they've basically just hand off to other people who pay them licensing fees. There's a supposedly a little bit of talk between them about what they kind of want, but their actors do not reprise the roles. The likenesses are not used. I don't know if DC will be able to pull all that stuff off, especially with the likenesses. Like They always make it seem like the actors want a ton of money for just to have their faces in the games. I don't know how true that is, but... That has to be something that could really you know, make DC different. Marvel Comics and DC Comics have always coexisted because they can be different. They don't have to be one better than the other. They need to be two different things that you can go order. I think James Gunn coming out and saying that the Lantern is going to be like true crimes is just one example. There's a lot of examples I'm going to talk about in the show where they're saying this is something Marvel's not doing. We're going to go do this also, along with trying to do things Marvel does, we're also going to go do this. And that gives them one unique thing there. Then you're going to go ahead and say, we're also going to connect our stories to our games. That gives them another unique thing they can do. So those are two things they can, you can say, oh, well, I like Marvel, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to like the new DC. I'm just going to say that right now. But they also have games, and Marvel doesn't have that. So like Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, I tried to play it. I tried to get into it. It's hard for me to get into it. The characters look very weird. They don't look like the actors or anything, even from the comics, that I can get into. And the stories are different and kind of twisted and retold. It's not that fun to me. Um, I think another one is Marvel's Avengers, which is a game that now is officially going offline or being canceled this year. Um, they're, they're decommissioning it one way or the other. That was supposed to be Marvel's Fortnite. That was supposed to be their live service game. Um, I think it's a very good game in lots of ways now, after like two or three years of them adding a ton of content. But people were not willing to watch them make that game as they went. They wanted a better game out the door. I think that's because DC kind of set the standard on games when they did their Batman games. So DC knows how to make games. They have a lot of good games in their gaming division. They have NetherRealm Studios, 
which does injustice and I think really does DC characters, right? I feel like that, that studio is not being utilized enough in the old DC. Hopefully we can see them maybe branch off or help in some kind of way with the other things that they got going on over there. But that them saying that they're going to do gaming is a key factor. It's something that's very different that Marvel does not do. And I think that's going to be, that we, it's going to be exciting to see how they, they bring that all together. Suicide Squad, obviously, is still going to matter to them. Peacemaker matters. Amanda Waller's getting her own show. She matters. I think those are all great pieces of the puzzle. I think Peacemaker is a funny character. I thought he really worked well. I think Amanda Waller works well. And you could use her so much as a bridge to, to basically link to games, a Suicide Squad game if they want to, or anything they have going on. She's a great piece on that puzzle that they can use to, you know, more so than even The Flash, I think, to bring a lot of these stories together and move the universe to where they want to have it. I think that's a great call. So before we get into the new properties, we'll take a quick break. We're also going to still do our music of the week and movie of the week. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Creature Commandos, their first animated series they're going to do. Basically, their answer to what if, where the actors will reprise their roles in most cases. He mentioned in most cases. Do the voices and stuff. I guess sometimes you're going to have actors that simply just can't do it. But they're going to basically do a cartoon. We're going to talk about that after the break. And we're going to do also music of the week. Music of the week. I'm going to cheat here because I'm not going to do necessarily one song or two songs. I'm going to do a whole album. And the album in this situation, though, is a compilation album. It's the Batman Forever soundtrack, right? Sticking in with the whole DC theme, I think this really works. The Batman Forever soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks based on a comic book movie. I can't think of another comic book movie. You guys let me know in Discord. You DM me if you think there's another comic book movie soundtrack that's better than Batman Forever. Batman Forever had some giant hits on it. Kiss by a Rose, Kiss from a Rose by Seal is a classic. That song is still a classic. It is not lessened at all any in any way from the fact that it's from a movie soundtrack. That song is amazing. And that's not the only big hit. I think it's the biggest hit off of here. But another really cool song by a huge band, if you guys don't know the band, if you're younger or whatever, another band called U2 had a song called Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. And when I was growing up, being somebody from an urban environment that was mainly around hip-hop music, I thought u two song Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me was one of the coolest songs I ever heard. I was like, this is amazing. The lyrics, the music videos... You know, MTV at the time was such a bigger deal. Music videos, I think, was such a bigger deal at the time. And the way that they, they had that video, it had animation in it. It was just such a cool, you know, it was so cool, in fact, that I think when I went to listen to other YouTube music, like, I mean, like, look into the band, they had some songs that I kind of liked, but they, they, they weren't as cool as the song off the Batman Forever soundtrack. You had other artists on there, like Brandy. Method Man had a song called The Riddler, which is like themed, I guess, after like, you know, not, not I guess, but themed after the basically the comic book character. Um, some really fun things that I think they were trying to do with soundtracks at the time. I love Marvel films, but one, if I have to mention one of the most disappointing things is that they don't have soundtracks. They don't really do soundtracks. They kind of just have the score for the film. Um, and that's a little disappointing because I think back then there were some... Some other, you know, soundtracks that are pretty good. An honorable mention would be the Batman Returns soundtrack is a pretty good Christmas album. It's a dark Christmas album. So, like, me and my family, we love, like, you know, darker things. And we love dark Christmas. But we really like Nightmare Before Christmas. And we realize that the Batman Returns soundtrack 
is a decent follow-up. Like, once you're tired of hearing Nightmare Before Christmas, but you want to stay in that mood, it's main, it's basically just, like, musical scores, but they're, it's kind of dark. It's like Danny Elfman dark music, and it works in that way. So that's those are my choices for music of the week, mainly Batman Forever, but if you want a little second thing, you want to listen to something around Christmas time, Batman Returns is another album that you should have in your Spotify playlist. Okay, now moving into the new stuff going to happen in the in the DC Cinematic Universe. Now, everyone's talking Superman, 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 and that's great. But what needs to be realized right off the bat is that Peacemaker and Amanda Waller are getting together. And the first show coming out, the cartoon show, is a show called Creature Commandos. And James Gunn mentioned he already wrote all the episodes. So it's important for us to remember here... James Gunn likes the weird stuff in DCU, right? And this is kind of bookended by my favorite thing, which we're going to talk about more later, Swamp Thing. The last thing he mentioned was Swamp Thing. The first thing he mentioned was Creature Commandos when it comes to basically the new stuff and his idea, um, him and Peter's idea of what the, you know, the new DC should have. And Peter, you know, we don't, we're not going to mention him as much because he's, he's the producer on the show, a produce, producer of the universe, and his role is really to make sure all this stuff gets made um, he's a producer on Aquaman, and that's a very important role. But Gunn's role is more the storytelling, and that's where really I can talk more about the storytelling. I don't make you know million dollar movies, so I don't know exactly you know how they're going to make Superman and where they're going to film. That's not what we're talking about. For I think for the fans and the people going to the cinema to watch the films, it's the story, and that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about. As a as a fellow writer who studies these guys, I've been studying these guys for years. These are my favorite people, basically, when it comes to the entertainment industry. Um, these are the people I can, you know, weigh in on and tell you what they're doing, what I've learned, and explain those things. So with Gunn coming out saying Creature Commandos is the first show they're doing, this again is no different than his version of Suicide Squad or, um, you know, Peacemaker. Now, I know some people were kind of on the fence about whether they liked, you know, his version of Suicide Squad, but I think really with those films are about are about being different. It's about, you know, instead of you just doing Superman, Batman, the same kind of tired thing. When you look over at Marvel, Marvel has made so many other kind of characters successful. Rocket Raccoon is a great example. I remember I remember going to see Guardians of the Galaxy and thinking this might not work, right? Even after seeing the trailer, I like, this might be Marvel's like beginning of their downfall. And that's crazy when you see that Guardians has done so much successful things those characters have been in so many things now but at the time i clearly remember going with my friend to see that film and thinking this might be where it all falls apart because at the time in a batman begins a dark knight kind of world iron man one people were really used to very standard more serious stories it seemed like everything had to be so serious and guardians were so crazy suicide squad part one which i did enjoy to a degree and I think it's it's in some ways, in some ways, not always, in some ways, the characters, I think, work better than Suicide Squad 2. I think that the the tone of Suicide Squad 2 was just so funny. And Harley Quinn, which they have not mentioned once anywhere, Harley Quinn, I feel like is a problem. I love Margot Robbie and I love her take on Harley Quinn. I feel like it's a problem, and they have not addressed it. They're, I can't find a shred of evidence that they've addressed Harley Quinn. They've talked about every other character in the DCU. There's no one has been unturned, or no stone has been unturned, except Harley Quinn. I think she's a problem. I don't know how they're going to handle her. I don't know what they're going to do with her. Pre-DCU, 
or pre-DC James Gunn, basically. And, you know, I'm going to call it James Gunn DC. You know, that's what we're going to keep doing. She was kind of separated from the Joker to have her own films. And that made sense. However, it's one of those things I think long-term is not really what, what fans want. I think what fans really love, if you love Harley Quinn, you love the fact that her and Joker have this crazy relationship. And they've gone through such great lengths to get her away from Joker because it wasn't really a Joker, I guess, that she could be with that I feel like it's kind of put the character in a bad place. She's been successful. People do show up to watch her stuff. People like her. She's she's really fun as Harley Quinn. But there isn't a Joker to go with her. She needs someone to, to match them up. Now, I believe Lady Gaga is supposed to play Harley Quinn in this new Joker film. And it's, I think that that'll work really well. I think Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga, I think they'll make that work. Um, I think Top Phillips, the director of that one, will be able to make it all work together well in that own way that it happens. Maybe that could be somehow used to kind of remind people, I guess, the cinematic audience that they should be together. But then there's come those big question marks of who can you bring in as a Joker that could maybe woo or does it make Harley Quinn want to come back, a new Joker or something like that. I don't know if they're going to do it, but it's, it is suspicious. And I wanted to point out that she's completely missing from this entire equation. I haven't heard them talk about her at all. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised, honestly, as successful as she's been, if they just don't bring her back. And not only because they think that she's been kind of written into a corner. Now, again, she has done, you know, the movie with James Gunn. So I don't really think that's what is going to happen. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be a difficult situation. And maybe it's something, again, might take another three or four years. Whenever they get around to doing Brave of the Bold, it just might be so far out that there's really no point in talking about it at this point. So we'll keep moving. Creature Commandos is very weird. Um, it's a military team based on all these different weird characters that you see present in, you know, the DC Universe. And the DC Universe has this whole thing where, you know, he, they even called the first, like, phase, basically, gods and monsters. So they're still sticking to the fact that their DC characters are extremely strong, and they're, they have all these other weird characters they can use, like Swamp Thing and Creature Commandos. This really just gives them their first example of being able to say, hey, we can bring over some people from the animated shows. We can, we can use this to kind of tie everything together. DC has a really good slate of animated shows. So there's, it's definitely possible that they can bring in, like, for, for example, Constantine. I believe the current actor doing Constantine's voice on the cartoon is the Constantine that was Constantine on the, the movies. Now, they have a Constantine movie supposedly in the work bringing back Keanu Reeves. I think that's going to be labeled DC Elseworlds. If they even do it, I don't know. I don't know if they're actually going to do it at this point. Maybe they don't even label it DC if they decide to do that movie. But that, that's giving you one example of a way they could bring an actor through the cartoons back into the movies if they wanted to bring in John Constantine. Um, but that, that's really them doing what they did in What If. What If you know, presented a problem where, hey, how can we tell some of these stories in other versions and then bring these actors in and out through these other, these other mediums, basically? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and What If set that up for Marvel. So moving forward, they could do that forever. If a character's gone, we could just move them over into the comics. People mentioned that Tony Stark hasn't been back in, you know, the, the MCU, basically. But he has. He is in What If. And he's a different actor. And it's kind of like you're not really paying attention to it, but it's there. So if they wanted to tell more stories with Tony, they can do it through cartoons in Marvel. That gives them that freedom to keep telling these stories when actors are no longer around for whatever reason. 
Amanda Waller and her her Peacemaker show, I think is cool. I think they're making a second season of Peacemaker also. I think Peacemaker works extremely well. That's that's one of those shows, again, where James Gunn knows what he's doing, and that show is extremely fun. I don't know that character, but I love Peacemaker now. I actually almost bought his Funko Pop last night because um, I thought it was so funny. I'm not a big Funko Pop guy, but he has, he has a Funko Pop with his helmet and just his underwear, and he thought that'd be a funny thing to have in my house if you came over. I just That's just me. Um, but I love Peacemaker. I think Amanda Waller works. So them doing a show like that, I think will bridge that stuff together. Because Peacemaker show is very separate from it. Also feels like separate from everything else in the DC. So that's going to help bring it back in. And this is what I'm talking about the most in the podcast is the strategy, the way that they're deciding to move these pieces and bring it together. I think so far it is a masterful plan they have laid out. This hasn't all happened yet. They have to execute. But this plan, the way he explained it in five minutes, was really, really well thought out and deserves being talked about, I think, to this this degree. Um, Superman Legacy, I'm not worried about it so much. Everyone really is, you know, harping over this. It, it's, it's a lot to get this piece into place. They need a Superman, and I can't think of an actor that you can bring in that really is going to be Superman. And I don't know, I know they know what they're looking for. I know James Gunn 100% understands what Robert Downey Jr. did for Iron Man, and he 100% is going to be able to look for that actor. Does that actor exist? Is he out there? Is he willing to you know, put the cape on, on and off screen? Is he he's going to you know, be out there kissing babies and being the real ambassador of the new DC universe? I mean, there's just so many pieces. Maybe it has, I think, I think they'd be better off getting a complete young uh, completely young, you know, unknown face, someone completely new. People are going to show up to watch Superman. The name is is already what you need, but you need a person who's willing to dedicate their life to this, kind of like a Tom Holland with Spider-Man. You need someone who's really going to be the brand ambassador and go to war for this kind of stuff. And Superman can be young. He can be a thinner character. He does not have to be muscle bound. These are all things that I think that they should be able to do um, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see what you know what they do with that. But there's no point in really talking about it too much because that's that's already out there. I already mentioned you know the Lantern show. I'm excited about that. That being a TV show, just like True Crimes, I think that's interesting. Moving forward into something that's called the Authority. This is weird, but not weird because again, I'm explaining to you. These are the chess pieces they're moving around. They're going to do a movie called The Authority, and The Authority are usually like an Elseworlds story. It's kind of like a weird version of the Justice League. There's a guy on there who's like Superman, but he's not Superman. There's a guy on there that's like Batman, who's not Batman. I believe in this situation, I think they're lovers. I think that's how that, that works in that situation. It's all this like kind of like this, this um, commentary on the Justice League, and they're, they're kind of a different character. And apparently they're going to be inside the proper DC universe. They're not going to be an Elseworlds story, which is very interesting because that gives them like a second Superman, basically. Um, I don't know how they're going to handle that or what they're going to do with that. But it's basically The Boys meets a movie. So The Boys is a is a hit show on Amazon. Some people are saying that it's, it's the highest rated comic book TV show. Um, people like it better than all that Marvel stuff or whatever. So it makes sense to take The Authority and just go ahead and make a show. But then you're basically putting yourself in a position where you're making a copy of this Amazon's hit show. They already have multiple seasons. You're behind the ball. So just go ahead and do a movie. The Boys doesn't have a movie. It doesn't seem like they're going to do a movie. And honestly, I think The Boys is interesting and all that, but I don't think it would really work as a movie. They seem to really be doing it well as a show. So The Authority being a movie is going to basically give people on a subliminal level The Boys as a movie. So it should be graphic and crazy and all that stuff. 
Um, and it'll be a film with all these new characters. It'll be interesting. Really good mood. Another show they want to do, Paradise Lost. Another smart thing they said is basically going to be their version of Game of Thrones. I know they've had problems with Game of Thrones over at HBO for a long time. This lets them have an, their own original you know, content. If Paradise Lost works and Game of Thrones you know, runs out of steam at some point, they can't think of any other books to adapt, they could just do you know, under their umbrella Paradise Lost. And it stops that problem that they're having over their HBO with trying to maintain the Game of Thrones franchise. Huge franchise, but they definitely have a problem with all their spinoffs, the things they want to do. That team over there does not know how to do the Marvel DC thing. No one does, except for apparently James and, and Peter. They, they seem to have a pretty good idea, and it looks like they're moving into position to do it. Paradise Lost being DC's take on Game of Thrones is brilliant. It also seems it gives them a place where they might be able to bring in Wonder Woman. I didn't say she'd be in the show, but it makes 100% you know, sense that she would be in the show, right? And I think they don't want to mention that yet. I don't know if they're going to get Gal Gadot to come back and be on the show. Um, but maybe this might be a situation where they're going to recast. Maybe they just haven't you know, really worked out that conversation yet. Um, I would like to see her stay. But it might be also, like you said, it might be a better time to maybe bring in a younger Wonder Woman. If they're going to bring in a young Superman and have somebody that can play Superman for 10, 15 years, maybe it's also they want to bring in a young Wonder Woman. I don't know. We'll have to see how that the whole thing works out. But I think them you know, mentioning it's going to be like Game of Thrones. It's their version of Game of Thrones, basically. James Gunn said that specifically. It's another sign where they really know what they're doing. They're following that Marvel formula, which is find things that work, twist it a little bit, and it puts your, your brand on top of it. And it's not you're not copying. It's just you're not completely going from a blank piece of paper. You have something to kind of follow. Um, and then I'm going to mention before we, before we go into the, the commercial break, then there's also Brave and the Bold, um, which is basically Batman and his crazy son, Damian Wayne, which is like another version of Robin where he's an assassin. Um, if you don't know the story at all, basically Talia al Ghul, which is, was in the last Batman film, um, it follows the idea that they had a kid at one point and he's raised by the League of Shadows. So he's like a ninja and he's an assassin. And then Bruce finds out and tries to make him into a good guy. So he's already killed a ton of people and he's kind of a demented kid. It is definitely going to be the most fun version of, of Robin on the screen. People who show up to see this Robin, to see this like psychopathic kid, reminds me a lot of Hit Girl um, from, from uh, the Kick-Ass movies, where, you know, it's going to be funny seeing Batman be a dad and then have this kid situation. It's going to be a very different take on Batman. It makes sense that Matt Reeves and Robert Patterson keep doing their more serious, you know, regular Batman, because Brave and the Bold sounds like it's going to be very different. Um, where you still have Batman, but you're going to have him in this whole other, you know, frame with this this kid with him. It could be a really fun series. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Batman would be older. That would make sense because he has a kid in that in that series. Um, and that could also be a place where you bring back Harley Quinn. Maybe Harley Quinn and Joker have a kid or something like that. That could be ridiculous. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of fun things you can do with that concept. And using the Brave and the Bold title, I think it's just a popular title within the DC, you know, comic books. And it lets it be different than Batman. So we're going to do the quick commercial break. When we get back, we still got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about Booster Gold Show, the Supergirl movie, and then Swamp Thing. I'm really, really excited about Swamp Thing. Um, so stick with it. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Movie of the week. I'm letting you know I'm coming out swinging on this one. Movie of the week is also going to be Batman Forever. That's right. I don't care. I will fight you. I don't care. Batman Forever really fits into this theme of the, the podcast this week because 
While Batman 1 and 2 are obviously the better Batmans. We're not, I'm not going to debate that. Batman Forever is fun. It is a fun, crazy movie. And I think for some of the things James Gunn's talking about in his version of DC, like Peacemaker, um, you know, Creature Commandos, hopefully Swamp Thing, you know, there's a crazy side to comics that can be really fun. And I think when you watch a movie like Batman, Batman Returns, those are, those are great movies. They're amazing. And it's real serious, and you kind of like that. But when you're a kid and you're reading comics, all comics aren't that serious. There's a lot of fun, zany comics to do over the years. And Batman Forever was extremely fun. That movie, when I, was, when I was going over the podcast, getting everything ready, thinking about it, Jim Carrey's The Riddler is not how The Riddler is. But it's, it, Jim Carrey's awesome. And back then in the, in the 90s, there was almost nothing bigger than Jim Carrey. He was huge. And even though his Riddler is different, he's kind of maybe a bit more like a, a Joker kind of character, I guess, the way they portray him in that film. He's just extremely fun. And I think that's kind of what they wanted. I think they was really didn't want like a methodical, quiet, calm Joker, which you kind of see represented more in the video games. And, and that, that Edward Enigma is cool, too. But on and at that time, Jim Carrey just smashes that role. Is he doing like the best version of Riddler ever? No. But Jim Carrey is, took that, that role and he made it his own. And he's extremely fun. Two-Face is really fun. At, with Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face is fun. Um, again, is, in the animated series, I think that Two-Face has done really well. He's, he's more serious. In the original Batman or the Batman Begins films and the Dark Knight and those, those Christopher Nolan films... Two-Face is, is okay there. He doesn't really get to become, you know, he's more Harvey Dent. He doesn't get to become, like, really Two-Face for that long. But he's fun. He's so fun in Batman Forever. And I love the whole concept that he had with his, like, duality, the light and dark side of him. Um, he had thugs and everything like that. It was just a really fun, zany film. I liked, you know, when they, when they brought in Chris O'Donnell as Robin, I thought he was cool. As a younger person, around my teenage years... It did hit me. It did say, oh, wow, like, this is a cool character. This is like a, a, a you know, coming into Batman, basically. Um, Robin was like a younger hero, right? So when people talk about Spider-Man and stuff like that, Chris O'Donnell wasn't extremely young, but he was younger. He was younger than, you know, um, the Batman, and we knew that that was something that was, like, a, a thing you could aspire to be, it felt like, right? I mean, that could be, like, you know, Batman's sidekick. Um Val Kilmer is Batman. I liked him when I was a kid at the time. Val Kilmer had done Top Gun. Um, he had done a bunch of cool films, and I remember thinking that Val Kilmer was the most lethal Batman. I believed he would like beat you up. I believed he like knew some martial arts. Um, you know, when his the the writing in the story and their take on you know, you know Batman and the whole like psychological thing and stuff. I feel like that doesn't help the film. So there is uh you know some sides of it that aren't that great, but I think when they have the gangs and. You know, Robin, like, steals the Batmobile, and he shows up, and he's like, saves the girl from the gangs and everything, and she, like, kisses the hero. He's like, oh, this hero thing is cool. Those lines are great. They're so, so fun. If you haven't seen it, it's not spoilers or anything, because it's, like, 20 years ago, but go watch Batman Forever. Um, again, you know, I think people always look at it, and they're so critical. Like, it's not as good as part one and two, but then you miss the fun. If you just sit down and watch it, it's fun. And I think you look at some of the zany things that DC wants to do with some of their other characters, like Creature Commandos, like I mentioned there, um, even Peacemaker. I think if you watch Peacemaker and then watch Batman Forever, now it doesn't make, it's not that crazy, right? Because now there's other crazy things that happen in shows like Peacemaker, 
Where before, if you're watching, you know, Batman Begins and Iron Man and they're super serious, Batman Forever doesn't hold up so well. But I think it depends on the perspective you have when you go into it. But that's my pick. I don't care. I still like Batman Forever. Check it out. And we are back with the second half of the podcast. We're going to basically, you know, hop in and talk about all the things that are still remaining. And this is all far off stuff. Booster Gold, you know, it's the Supergirl movie, Swamp Thing. You know, these these things are abstract. You know, they, they might want to do all these things, but this is far down their calendar. Um, Booster Girl, for you guys to understand that character, he's a character from the future. He's a loser in the future. And basically, he uses all the cool technology they have in the future, comes back to our time in the present, and he seems awesome to us. He seems like he's a superhero, basically. And he gets to come back and, and be, you know, a really fun person for everybody. I think that's a super fun character. I think that gives you a lot of wish fulfillment for kids or people who feel like they're on the outside of it. I almost feel like um, I'm watching a lot of Big Bang recently. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, what if you're like Sheldon or somebody like that in the future and then you came back to the present? You can like live out all your superhero fantasies because you're from this future where you have all this great tech and you come back to us and we think that you're amazing. And you still have the inside of him. You know, he mentioned imposter syndrome. Inside of him, he still knows who he is and he'll be around these other characters that are heroes and having to interact with them. That's a really good idea for a show. I think he'd be a really fun character for them to do. And again, this, that's DC showing that there's other characters outside of Batman and Superman that people could really like, that they could bring out and really showcase. Um, along with Blue Beetle, who's another character who has kind of a weird technology thing going on with him. Um, we'll see how that character works out. Uh, I, I want to mention that now I think about it, they, they have not said anything about Justice League, and they have not mentioned anything about Cyborg, which is another technology character. So doesn't like that is in the plans at all anytime soon. And that's probably best. It's probably best that they take, you know, five years to not even get around to doing Justice League film. Um, by then, you know, Marvel will be way into whatever it is they have going on at that point. And if one day it's time for a Justice League film, they could try to do it. Maybe maybe they don't do it. Um, you know, but they have a great slate so far, I think. A lot of different ideas planned out. That leads into Supergirl the movie. I think it's really good if Supergirl gets her own movie. I think that, you know, some of those characters like that, which, which you know, Supergirl, I feel like, is always looked at as a B-list character. Bat, Batgirl, Batwoman. These characters, I feel like, never get the proper shine. So it's hard for people to really get excited about them and get behind them. When you're basically saying, look, they get treated like lesser than when it comes to other things that we're doing. I think Supergirl is a character that, you know, they could get, get her to work and they can put her front and center and make her a really cool character. Um, and giving her her own moving, I think that's the best way to go about it. I think the story that they're also referencing is a, is a comic book that's only about a year old. So that shows they're not going to go do the more old classic Supergirl, whatever. They can just go from what they think is the best version of Supergirl and put that on the big screen. I think that's really smart. And I'm looking forward to it. I think that Captain Marvel, in a lot of ways, was one of the weaker films in the Marvel Universe. And that might be um, a place where they see, you know, we can really exploit that. We can really do something different that they're doing over at Marvel. And we can kind of cash in, you know, learn, you know, things from the, the Captain Marvel movie and do something different over here with Supergirl. That might be another leg up for DC. I think that's a smart move. Um, the last one I wanted to get into was the Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a show I remember. I mean, it's a combo character, but I remember as a kid, it was a really interesting show and a toy line and everything like that that really resonated with me for Swamp Thing. 
He was just a very interesting character. And in the comics over the years, he's he's been put in situations where like he can basically kill Superman. He's super, super strong. He's a magical being. So like he in ways is like Doctor Strange. He he has moments in the comics where like he can tap into the entire planet and like control the planet. He can control other planets. He can do all kinds of things because he's basically like Mother Nature. So if you have a character like maybe this more popular, like Poison Ivy, who can control some plants around her, Swamp Thing is like the god of that. And I don't usually like DC's version of treating their heroes like they're gods, but I think Swamp Thing is awesome. I think he's awesome. I think he's weird. He's like kind of like a Sasquatch. He's like he's, he's off in his own place. And one thing that James Gunn said that was very interesting was that the Swamp Thing would be outside of the DC universe, but tie into things. So I don't know if he was saying the Swamp Thing's going to be an Elseworlds tale that somehow also ties in, again, maybe like a what-if kind of show, where maybe Swamp Thing is like a gateway into other versions of DC or whatever. I don't know. DC has... They were the first ones really to invent the whole concept of the multiverse. They had their, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and there's some very zany other versions of their characters. There's there's evil versions of Superman. There's... um. You recently had a very successful, very popular comic book line called uh, Dark Metal, which explained this entire like evil multiverse where everything was like, you know, there's an evil Batman, all these evil Batmans, basically. I don't know if they'll touch into all of that, but that character, one of their characters from that, that comic book line was brought into Fortnite. And I thought that was really showing how successful that comic book line was by bringing those characters or some of those characters into Fortnite. They knew that in pop culture, people knew those characters. That's that's reaching. I don't know if they're going to do all that. It could be cool if they did. Maybe it's a cartoon show or something like that. Um, you know, like, like Marvel Zombies got basically showcased a little bit in um, the What If cartoon. So I don't know if they're going to go that far with it. But Swamp Thing sound like maybe they could use him like the Watcher or something where he said, you know, he's going to be outside the DC universe, but feed into the other stories somehow. Um, and I thought that was a very interesting way that he explained that. So I don't think Swamp Thing maybe may not, may not be a film. Maybe it won't be a show. Um, maybe it'll be a cartoon. It was very vague, and this is real far out. So they have to figure out, I guess, the details on that. But I'm excited for it. If you guys think, ah, who's Swamp Thing? I don't care. That that character has so much they could pull into and, and really make that character shine. Um, and I even think, you know, we don't do a TV show of the week. But if you guys can stream some of the old Swamp Thing shows, it's extremely old. It's, it's an older, like, made-for-TV, I think, 80s show, early 90s show, maybe. Um, but I, I don't think it was bad. And I kind of would love to go buy the action figures again because they had a really good toy line. And as a kid, I thought that was super cool. So that's pretty much my, my take on everything. I think, you know, I'm saying here that I think we're moving into an era where it's not as DC could be better than Marvel. I think we're going to have a DC that's as good as Marvel. Um, maybe one might be seen as part one or part two, or like number one, number two. That's not so important. I think for DC or for comic book fans, for movie-going fans, you want good movies. And we're moving into an era where instead of getting, you know, three Marvel films a year and some shows, you might get to a place where you got, you know, three DC films. You got, um, you know, maybe one or two shows. You should have stuff constantly coming on if you like this brand of storytelling, that there's a lot of stuff that you can pick from. And by them saying things like Lanterns is going to be a show like True Crimes, you know, these stories can, you know, go across many genres. They don't all have to feel like comic book movies all the time. 
And, you know, having a company with the, the backing and of, of a great storyteller, someone who really understands how to bring all the stories together, he ended the show with saying, or his, his, his uh, stream by saying that, um, you know, story is king. And that is something that all screenwriters understand. That is something that you have to really understand when you're trying to put, put stuff out there. You know, what actor you get to be in a movie isn't as big of a deal as, is this going to be a good movie? Is this story going to be good? The actors are important, but they're, you know, there's directors, there's cameramen, there's a sound team, there's there's costumes, there's all this stuff that could, you know, make the movie go go south if they don't work. It's a team effort, uh, and everyone is there to, you know, create the story and bring the story to life. If the story doesn't work, then it's just not going to be what it needs to be. And a lot of these things DC were doing were one-off stories, where sometimes you're okay, but it was just one story. And modern audiences want more. They want, you know, novelizations, basically. They want, you know, things that feed into other things. And they want to feel like the money and the time they're investing matters. So when you have great TV, there's a lot of great TV shows out there um, that, you know, go on for weeks and years and give you something to look forward to. Watching a movie for an hour and a half or two hours and then that story never meaning anything again is okay sometimes. But if you can somehow make it a bigger story, people prefer that, right? I think that we're going to have an awesome era here where you're having DC movies, Marvel movies. And as I, as I reach out there and estimate, I wouldn't even be surprised. Marvel has shown they're open to working with other companies if it means you're going to make a lot of money. Marvel, I'm sure, has a great relationship with James Gunn. If James Gunn can go ahead and, and you know craft out a whole... you know. Um, you know, you know, five, ten years of you know Marvel movie or DC movies or whatever. I could even see a crossover event. It would make a killing if they did like two movies, four movies, something like that. Maybe two movies, where you know how Marvel did it with Spider Man is they they split the budget, right? So the Marvel movie went out, and then all the, they kept all that money, and then DC movie could come out and they'll keep all that money and let the actors and stuff show up in both of them. Oh my God. Right, the wish you know, fingers crossed. Right, these are things after you see that, like okay, I can die now. Right, everything happened that wanted to happen. They've done it in the comics before, and there's a bunch of cool things there to have the characters, you know, cross over and see each other. That could be awesome. That could be epic. You can see people like Thanos come back. Kang obviously is already a good person established. And at some point, I imagine DC will get around to bringing in Dark Side and some of the other equal kind of characters. So this could be an amazing era for us. I think, you know, some people kind of recently have been a little, like, on the fence about Marvel. And I think Marvel's about to, you know, put those, those doubts to rest in a few days when um, their, new, their new stuff comes out, when Ant-Man comes out. Um, but, you know, we're moving into a great era. And that's why I had to dedicate this week to the podcast. If you want to stick around, we're going to do the after show next. But that's everything I think. You guys, if you're not following James Gunn on Instagram and on Twitter, definitely I, I think he's worth following. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm Sammy Rod. We're going to be out of here right now. Peace. Sammy right here. Welcome to the after show. We like to relax. We like to get comfy, right? We stop stop putting on the show and just kind of just be me. Regular old Sammy. Just talking about what I got going on in my life, my personal stuff. Um, you know, if you guys are interested and you want to stick around, cool. You know, this week I'm talking about music. I'm talking about music. And this 97th episode of the podcast, and I have really never talked about music. It's been over, I think, a year or something like that. 
Um, you know, the word, the name Samurai, my, my, my moniker, right? I'm, I'm actually Luis Roman is my real name. But Samurai, if you guys don't know, is actually a rap name. It's a name I got while I was making rap music. Um, I did rap music uh, 10, 15 years. I don't know. I don't know if you technically would say I don't do it anymore. But I haven't done it a lot recently. But, um, you know, I went through a lot of different rap monikers. And the last one that kind of, you know, that, that stuck the longest was Samurai. And um, that came, you know, I can't, I don't want to get into it. It's like not only my story. I had friends and stuff I was doing music with. So I don't want to like, you know, talk about their stuff if they don't want me to talk about it. But um, basically, you know, one of my friends turned to me one day. He's like, hey, you know, you really like, you know, um, uh, Asian culture and you do all this stuff with martial arts and you like all these things. Um, you know, wouldn't it be funny if you're like your, your rap name or not funny, but like, it'd be cool if your name was like Sammy Rai, right? But like your first name could be Sammy and your last name be like Urai or something. I think, you know, we're, you know, spitballing kind of thing. And then I, I figured it out and you figured out how I wanted to spell it. Cause I didn't want it to be like, you know, how you would pronounce Sammy, you pronounce it, um, Samurai is like, I think how you really pronounce the word Samurai and that means to serve. And I didn't want people thinking I'm saying like, I'm a samurai. I didn't want that. So I really wanted to be like Sammy and last name Rai. Um, and that's how that moniker came about. And, you know, previously I was rapping under the name Forever LC because my, my middle, my, my first two initials are, are Luis Casanova. So it's LC. Um, and that was, it. that was me saying I was never going to change my rap moniker again. I'm Forever LC. And then I changed it one more time. Uh, so <laughs> being impulsive and being creative and being young and growing up and trying all these different things, you know, I love doing music. We done. I did at least. I've been at least over a hundred songs. Um, you know, I always say that because it's a number I can stick to. I've, I might have done more songs since then, um, but it was a whole big part of my life. You know, it, it rounded out my my teenage years as I became a man and went to adulthood, um, and you know, figuring out my twenties and stuff and hanging out with my friends. It it defined everything. Everything revolved around music, and it was a great life. I almost feel like it was a whole other lifetime ago. Being a father now, doing the podcast, focusing more on screenwriting, trying to write stories, um, short stories and books. You know, this is a more I feel like mature version of myself in a ways. In a lot of ways, I became a dad. Right? I really love my daughter. I love you know focusing on doing things with her. I have a stepson who's I met him. He was a bit older. And, you know, he's really independent. So me and him don't do as much stuff as me and my daughter. But when I had my daughter, I got to see a kid from like day one and going through that process of like learning how to be a dad from day one. You know, my, my stepson was so much easier. Uh, I used to tell people like, oh, having kids is super easy because when I met him, he was like five and a half, I think almost basically. It might have been four turning five, right? It was, it was, he was like a pre-assembled kid. Like he knew how to do all this stuff already by himself. He pretty much like, and I had to give him a bath. Like, remember the first time I was in a situation where I had to give him a bath? Um, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, called me from work. Like, yeah, I can't. I was, like, stuck at work. Um, but, you know, the baby needs uh, a bath. And I'm at home with, like, my girlfriend's son. I'm like, I'm not taking off his clothes, giving him a bath. Like, I met this kid, like, four months ago. I felt like, I don't know. I don't know how long. It was probably longer than that. But um, I, felt, I still felt uncomfortable. I'm young. I was like, I don't know, like 24. I felt like um, I'd never been in this situation before. So it's kind of a funny, it reminds me of the movie Big Daddy. It was 100% a Big Daddy moment where I was like, it's me and him in my apartment. And I'm like, okay, bro, uh, you got to take a bath. But like, I'm not giving you a bath. So like, I'm turning the shower on and you just go like stand in the shower and I'll stand out here. I think I turned the shower on. 
And I think I turned my back to him and I was like, all right, like, step in the shower, don't fall. <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> and he is so cute. And you see, he just thought it was fun and exciting. He, you know, you know how kids are. And like, um, yeah, and I was so proud. I was like, yeah, I, I, I solved it. I handled it. Look at me. I'm being an adult. And she came home and I'm like, yeah, I gave him a shower. She's like, you gave him a shower? Like, he's a baby. You got to give him a bath. And I'm like, nah, man, like, that's it. And then from that day forward, showers. I only gave him showers. Um, if I ever got in a situation, usually she would give him baths if she was there. But every time, I was like, oh, time for another shower, bro. And he's like, yeah. Like, he always thought it was cool. But um, I, I wasn't doing that. I was not doing that, right? So it is different being a dad when you have a baby from day one who like, you know, cleaning diapers and doing that. It's, it's a whole other world, man. The first two years are the hardest years of my life. You know, I've, I completely did not see it coming. I even, I tried to prepare for it. I knew it would be tougher, but there is no human words. And if you don't, if you haven't had a child for the first two years, you cannot understand how difficult it is. It's, I, I, I wish there's a way I, I have friends that had kids and I wish I could warn them or tell them, and I just know there's no human way you can tell someone how difficult 24-7 it can be raising a child for the first few years. Um, you know, unless you have like tons of people, I guess, to help out and daycares and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know what that's like. But I was with my daughter. I've been with my daughter every single day of her life. I think once or twice she may have slept in my mom's house in like seven years. I've been with her every single day, morning to night. Um and she's never been to daycare. She's never been very few babysitter situations ever. Um, and even then, just a few hours here or there. But um, yeah, I'm with my daughter all the time. And that's a big part of my life. And that really matured me. I mean, that's seven years, eight years if you count the pregnancy, right? Like, it's a huge, huge chunk of life. I'm 37 now. So it took me out of my 20s into where I'm at now. And I just, this part of the podcast is about music because recently I decided I'm going to start, you know, really focusing on music. I'm still working on my short stories and stuff, but I really feel like, and this is me just being real with you guys and sharing me, I really feel like that there's a lot I didn't finish with music. I fully feel like I kind of, you know, went to college and right before graduation dropped out. And um, I fully feel like that um, there's a lot that I still didn't get to finish with that. So taking what I learned from writing, I, I have come up with some different ideas and I'm going to work with some of my friends and see if anybody's still interested and you know, putting some stuff back together. So there should be some writing and some things involved. And it goes into a film I'm working on too that I wanted to do. I, excuse me, I wanted to do a um, some short films and maybe a feature length film. But this, it was kind of ambitious, the one I wanted to do. Um, but I think the music might help maybe even drum up some funding, some music videos and some pre-visuals might drum up some funding for this movie. And we'll get into all the details because, like I said, there's people involved and I have to, you know, see, you know, who might want to do what and, and all those things. But for me, I think something I want to start focusing more on, you know, the art and, um, and I still be, I'll still be doing drawing because there's a lot of artwork that needs to get done. But I really want to get back into music and focusing on that and kind of just really cementing that. I want my daughter to see that phase of my life. I want my, um, my grown son to see, you know, how to start a business. So those are things I can do. I know how to do it. I had it regularly before, and I know how to do it better now, you know, which is really the most important part of it. Because um, since then, I had a Kickstarter campaign. I had a company that basically worked on magic for a little bit, um, trying to do that for a little bit. And we did so much stuff in my, in my life, you know, which is, which is kind of crazy. When I sit back and do this long list, I think people think it's ridiculous sometimes, and, and I think sometimes people don't, don't believe it. 
but it's, I mean, I have all the videos and I have all the stuff, you know, I, I can share it, but it's mainly about trying to find things that you, you think that you'd be good at. And music was always that number one thing. Over time, I think there was some problems with, you know, trying to distribute music and what we wanted to see happen. And also being younger and really not having resources. You know, the world's changed so much. There's so much new technology. There's so many different avenues than there were exactly at the time I was doing music. And I, I definitely want to, you know, take a run at that and see, you know, what that stuff is like. So I want to get more into that. So I haven't talked a lot about music before in the podcast. And I don't know if I'll talk about it so much on the podcast. Because the podcast, I like being me. I like just being pretty much Luis Roman. You know, Samurai is the name of the show. It's the name of the website, Samurai.com. Um, but I'm just trying to be me and me at this point in my life, you know, but there's still a lot of things musically I haven't got around to doing. So hopefully we want to do that. So if you guys are interested, that's what I got going on. You know, definitely, you know, hit me up in a discord. I know I have some discord members that are into music. Definitely. Hopefully if they're open to some ideas of collaborating and working together, I'm always interested in stuff like that. I never know, you know, what everyone's got going on and all the talents everyone has. And that's one of the main reasons of the discord Everyone gets together and kind of shares what they got going on and what they're doing. I think it's awesome. So hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for you hanging out. If you stuck around this long, you know, that's awesome. And um, yeah, you guys take care. Peace.